Welcome back to Oysters, Clams, and Cockles. I am Ross Bolin here with my best friend Barrett Dudley, bringing you the best TV shows and movies weekly in an easily digestible podcast packed with laughs. Barrett, how's your week going so far? Oh man, the week is uh, going just swell. It dropped below 90 for like 30 minutes yesterday. Yeah, you know what? I'm actually glad you mentioned that though, because today it's like we're still like in this like cool wave basically where it's where it's like we're, 88. we're out of triple digits. It's 88, 90, 91 right yeah. in there and it's supposed to be good. And and today may have been one of the more brutal days of the entire summer. Why is that? Because of the humidity. Ah, uh, yeah, it like, felt a little more Houston-y today. It was in Austin, awful Texas today. Like it's just swampy. You know what I mean? Does it bug you how all politicians say Texas? Why do they, uh, why do they, why do, they do? It's because W said it that way, and now every politician feels like, well, yeah. he's super likable. I think likable. Cruz says it that way too. Yep, yep. He, he's you know? one of them. He's so one of them. So that's just that's Texas. That's just how they say it. I you guess. Say Texas, you horse's ass. Yeah, I don't know. You silly motherfuckers. You um, know, those politicians can't live with them. Can't live without them. Weather and politics. That's how I like to start every episode of OCC. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but anyway, just to say, today was really gross. I was feeling good was about grody. the temperature drop, and it was just, just awful. Just a turd out there. Well, the good news is we have a very fun episode planned. Obviously, we're going to continue our coverage of Succession, relive episode six of season two. We are also going to start Amazon's The Boys. The Boys. Uh, I literally watched the pilot. Um, about an hour, well, I guess I finished it like an hour ago. Are you shooketh? I'm not shooketh. I am excitedeth. I need to get back home yeah. and watch the second. Uh, hey. Dude, this is this is way better than I expected. Yes. And I, now it's an Amazon show, so sometimes- I think that's why. <laughs> sometimes we talk about how like, you, you gotta, you, you gotta, you typically have to give a show like a few episodes, right? Because mm-hmm, pilot mm-hmm. gets filmed, then it gets booked, then like, like things change after the pilot. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure if that same thing happens with these streaming shows right. where like everything drops kind of at once. Right. Um, with some of them, I believe it just depends on the situation. I still anticipate that this show is, is what I expect gets a little bit better is there are some lines and like a few. Well, well, I'm, yeah, I'm, we'll I'm jumping into right into it, but we'll don't you do it. We'll t- we'll talk about it down the line. I I'll just to preface. I I expect that this show gets better as the season gets on from a writing and acting standpoint. Right, as as you mentioned, yeah, typically is the case with those pilot episodes that they're a little more rusty right. feeling. Yeah. Uh, best example, my favorite example of this ever will always be James Gandolfini's Tony Soprano voice in the pilot actually changes pretty significantly um, <laughs> throughout the first season. Like, it, he he finds Tony's voice and by, yeah. if you watch the pilot and then turn on like a random episode in season five, you're going to be like, holy shit. Well, and that's, that's a huge part of it. I mean, not everything films in order necessarily, right? But typically, the pi- the stuff from pilots and first episodes is filmed early, right? So these actors haven't really had a chance to like get their feet wet, yeah. get, y- yes, to like develop chemistry with their uh, with their coworkers and the other actors and, and their character, and, they're and playing. all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Also, so, Tony, it should be mentioned if you watch uh, the pilot and then and then a random episode in season five or six, there's it, voice changes and also roughly a hundred pounds. I'd guess. Gains if I, if I had to guess, that he puts on. Okay. Yeah. He becomes a much larger man yeah. over the course of 
the series. Mm. Mm-hmm. By the way, today would have been James Gandolfini's birthday, coincidentally. Wow. Happy birthday to the late, great James Gandolfini. I'm glad that I... Why is Siri... That, my Siri... Yeah. My phone is in my backpack, and I don't even know if y'all could hear that on the mic, but my Siri... What, what's going on over there? I'm just going to go grab What is going on? This is live, folks. All live. God, man. I don't know. <laughs> I, I just... I don't know what the deal is with my Siri. You but, said Gandolfini, and it's and I think it thought you said Siri. She was like, sorry. What, what was it you needed? For some reason, the Australian... Do you have British, you have British Siri? No, I have Australian on, but the, the Australian woman, the Australian Siri, for whatever reason, comes off as fake. Like, it does not feel like an authentic like Australian... Like true... Yeah, yeah, like the one time I went to, uh, what's the Australian steakhouse? The Out- Outback Steakhouse, Outback right? Steakhouse, I went yeah. to an Outback Steakhouse. Authentic Australian. Right one there. time in my life, Barrett, once, in my whole life, it was uh, in Austin, and my waiter had an Australian accent. Are you, are you At an Outback Steakhouse, the odds that my waiter was actually Australian, point is, my Siri reminds me of that. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, probably a fake accent if, uh, if you had to guess, right? You're asking me. That's what I thought too, but then I was like... Wait a minute, you can't do that. That's cultural appropriation. I mean, you know, Brie did it on her introduction at, on The uh, the Bachelor, Colton season of The Bachelor. For the fuck's sake. <laughs> oh, did she? Yeah, did she, she I did. wouldn't know. She did. I wouldn't Well, uh, well no. you should, because Brie was super hot. She was, yeah. uh, she was very, very attractive. What if you went to a Mexican restaurant and a white guy waiter was using a Mexican accent? It's okay, because... because that's that is that, no. You can't do that. No, you can't. You do can do you can, you can do the Australian accent because of Crocodile Dundee. I think <laughs> that show gave us all permission. To yeah, do it. yeah. Because I think that guy was Australian. So a knife on that guy. He yeah, I know. He had a real. Uh, that's a, yeah. That's not a knife. That's a knife. Here's a knife. We talk about this TV. Is a knife. That's not a knife. This is a knife. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Hey, that was pretty good. That's what I got for you today. Is my Crocodile Dundee. Impression. Also, Barrett's going to give us some Emmys and some news, uh, some Emmys talk and some news at the end of the show as well. So you got that to look forward That's to. That's right, I am. Today's episode of OCC is brought to you by Vincero Watches. You are not going to find sexier value in the watch industry. Uh, if you want to look on VinceroWatches.com, you can see the Rogue is the name of the one that I have purchased in black and rose gold. Pull it up. Peep it. I'm wearing mine right now. It is beautiful. Elevate your game with Vincero's handcrafted luxury watches at an unbeatable price. It's an absurd price point. When you pull this thing out of the box, you're going to be shocked by how nice it is for what you're paying. <gasps> yeah, you're going to have a gasp. What you're getting uh, from Vincero, it, they're providing bold timepieces, always putting quality above all else. Whether you're looking to make a statement or add a staple piece, Vincero has a watch for you. If you want to change it up, all their watch bands are interchangeable. It's the best value in the industry. Exceptional standards. Vincero exceeds expectations in style and quality, which has resulted in over 16,000 five-star reviews uh, from people who love their Vincero, too. Get your Vincero watch today. With a special offer for the Clam Fam, go to VinceroWatches.com and enter my code DRAGON at checkout for 15% off your order and worldwide shipping is always free. That's VinceroWatches.com. Promo code DRAGON, V-I-N-C-E-R-O Watches.com. Promo code DRAGON for 15% off and free shipping worldwide. For additional ad-free and exclusive episodes of OCC each month, you know where to go. Patreon.com. Slash oysters, clams, cockles. Our first episode ad free 
this month was a succession deep dive. We went balls deep into the first four episodes of the season to kind of uh, measure the temperature of where things were headed and talk about how we've enjoyed things so far. Then we did our movie club. We saw It. It. Is it chapter two or part two? I don't know. In my brain, it'll always be the one that I wish didn't happen. It part two. It chapter two. I think it might be chapter. Okay. Well, we roasted that. Because it's based on a book. Yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Books. Wait, no, one book. But the book. One book. One book. The book went back and forth from present to the older. Right. And then now the movies. Right, and the movie split it up. Well, anyway, we ripped up It pretty good. You know, we did some, we really dove into It. We talked a lot about it. It's just... I pooped on it a bit. Everybody saw that movie. You got to go hear our podcast about it because you're going to learn a lot, especially if you're not super familiar with the book. Yeah, that is true. You know uh, what I mean? We're also going to be diving into the Righteous Gemstones this week. We'll be recording tomorrow, and that episode will be available probably by tomorrow evening, if I had to guess. Ross, I got some insight on Righteous Gemstones. What's that? Just a lot of thoughts that oh, you're good. only going to be able to hear on patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles. It was a good tease because I got excited yeah, to you hear did. what you, you had did. to say. Yeah, you yeah, and, but and I'm then, not telling you. I'm and then not you were telling like, you. No, not till tomorrow. <laughs> and it's now I'm sad. So I can only imagine how the listeners feel. Yeah. The excitement in yeah. my face that they couldn't see will never be captured by my voice. But it was there. And then the hotline call extravaganza, of course, to cap things off only for members of the Mollusk Militia with the Mollusk Militia exclusive hotline will be coming on patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles at the end of the month as well. Barrett, let's dive into succession. Before we do that, let me just touch one more time on the Patreon just, just touch, to go, touch go, go touch a little bit time. further. Just touch it one more time. $5, Crustacean Nation, gets you every, gets you pretty much all the bonus content. If you want all these podcasts, Crustacean Nation, it's $5. The yes. only one you don't get is our hotline call extravaganza. At the end of but the month. But basically, you're getting, all, you're getting all of the extra bonus content for $5, five in the Crustacean Nation. Mollusk Militia, if you're a real one, and if you want to be the ability to call in and then listen to the hotline calls and then hear us expound... On on uh, on various you know shows and themes and insights, the hotline call. Don't get me wrong, always a fantastic episode. It's one of my. Fa- it might be my favorite it, one. We really do. get to bounce around and just like go, kind of fly off the rails, and that's always a lot of fun for the randomness for both of us. Induces but, but hilarity. That, but five dollars pretty much gets you all of it. So uh, just think about it. You know, just think about that. Five bucks in 2019. Also, when you what when, is that? When you compared? join, I know you people are worried out there. When you join, that's a candy bar. You get a you get yeah. What's a banana cost these days? Ten dollars. When you <laughs> well done, sir. Well well done. When you uh, you're gonna get an email when you join, and it's got an RSS feed link yeah. right in the very first email that you get. You open up your Apple Podcast app. You go to library. Mm-hmm. You tap the plus button in the top right. Uh huh. Add podcast by URL and you paste that link in. That's it. You refresh, boom! All of these podcasts come right to most the the most likely place that you're already listening on Apple Podcasts. On Apple Podcasts, right now, if you're on Spotify, it then doesn't work. It's more difficult, but or you can just listen straight. Then from you can just Patreon. listen to straight the straight from the Patreon app. What yeah. I'm saying is that I know there has been con- some some concern out there about how to get the about RSS how to feed get the there. RSS feed. As soon as you join, you get an email with it. And then if you lose that email, you go to the overview of our page. It's right over on the right. It's always there for you to plug. It's a little box on the right, yeah. And uh, for whatever reason, I swear to God, it's just because it's called an RSS feed. That's a super intimidating, like, if you don't know shit about- It sounds very techie. It sounds "Ah." like you have to, like, write HTML code or something. What do I do with the- It's really, you copy-paste. Literally, that's it. And it's awesome. And as Barrett mentioned, one of the cool things is, like, 
Listen, for those of y'all, maybe there, there, some of y'all hit me up months ago, like, I would love to join the Patreon. I don't have the money right now, whatever. Maybe you have the money now. All those episodes that you missed in the backlog, you can go back and listen to when you join in September, right? So, like, if you wanted to hear, uh, I don't know, Fleabag coverage in August for season one of Fleabag, but you couldn't join in August for some freaking reason, jump in. Get in here. You There's get a all ton that. of content. You get the entire library of content. Ad free, baby. Patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles. Now let's do succession. Now let's do succession. Yeah. But before we do succession. Damn it. One more pitch here. Okay. One more pitch. Okay. This show grew very large thanks to the clam fam out there. You guys were very vocal about how much you loved our podcast about Game of Thrones. Indeed. We need you to do that. For succession. Ooh. Not only for this podcast. I like this call to action. But because succession is the best thing that has been on TV in the last four years. And I'm including the final seasons of Game of Thrones. In wow. This, wow. Show, this show is, is, it's Randy Johnson in its prime. It is throwing like 105 for nine straight innings, baby. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's every episode. It's every single episode. You, if, and, and the numbers are shockingly low. You know how like on this te- on this TV show. I mean, you use Randy as an example. Randy Johnson knew what he was. He was a six foot six monster who was going to throw heat. Yeah. Succession knows exactly what it is, and it has its fastball, and it's using it to perfection over and over and over and over and over. I mean, that's the thing that's kind of that that the show. Every week, I find myself getting those little moments of like, "Ooh, this is exciting!" Yeah, from like similar circumstances, but the writing is so good, and the dialogue, and the the characters, yeah. and the casting job they did. The ca- can you imagine anybody besides Matthew McFadden conveying the le- the various levels of like humiliation, concern, excitement, worry? Uh, like this man is he is the definition of an onion this dude has so many layers playing tom yes and it's like it's just it's just wild i do not believe that there is another actor out there that could be crushing this role like he is he's a dude from anna karenina isn't he that's what that's what i've seen his ass i've never i i this is the first thing that i know him from he's been in like he was in a couple period pieces like pride and prejudice and anna the remake of pride and prejudice in like 2005 and the anna karenina was one of one of the more recent i think all the movies i'm mentioning feature the beloved uh kira knightley kira knightley (laughs) they probably do (laughs) at least anna karenina anyway if you want to become an executive we have openings in our c-suite at Mm -hmm. oystar clams co Uh uh-huh and uh you got it. You 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 just share share this podcast. Share how good Succession is with your peeps, please, your friends, it. and your family, and tell them about our companion podcast. Because I, I, look, man, people like people can tell when we're really buying into something. Right. When we're excited about something. Right. And I'm so excited every week to talk about Succession. It is very very nice. So get in here. It's Oystar Clams Co. Okay. <laughs> and I mean, oh, by the way. Get into C-suite. Become an exec. When I hit, Join us. When I hit play today, and I'm watching the, well, first of all, I guess the uh, cold open sequence this week was maybe my favorite ever in the private jet. Uh, they've been circling for an hour, and as as Kendall put it, there's 400 jets waiting on 100 slots. Mm-hmm. And at first, you're like, wait, where the fuck are they going where that many private jets would be circling? Well, what we find out is that they're going to... Uh, this place called our justice, right? Which we'll get to for in a second. But that opening sequ- scene, where Kindle ends up having to go to the front of the 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 front half of the jet or the back the half back of the jet, half. I guess. The back half. I guess, 
and roast and haze the fuck out of the underlings that are back there typing away on their keyboards trying to get these contracts done and get the deal done so that they can acquire Pierce was laugh out loud hilarious and it, it's, it shows you your first real glimpse of Kendall sort of like coming back into his own. Yeah, so really great, great point to jump off on conversation here because I was actually, I, w- I was reading, a co- I think something from like, this was after season two. I was just randomly picking up something online. Right. And- well, we're in season two. It, uh, episode two, oh, episode two of okay. season two. And we, we this this is all the way in episode six. We're, yes, we're yes. at six now. Got it. And uh, we talk, we've talked a lot about Kendall, about like, Thinking that he's got two paths that this that this story is going to end up sending him on. He either is like broken irrevocably. Right. Right. Just he's already a shell. He's already like, you know, a soulless that just he's he's lost himself. Just right. Remains sort of that robotic. Figure. Exactly. Like what is there going to be a straw that just breaks the camel's back and he just is is done. Gone. Yeah. Done. Just cannot handle it. Whatever that means, whether right. it's just like a disappearance Getting away from the family, an OD, OD, something. He's got lots of options open to him. Or if this, like, you know, kicks him into gear, and something eventually, and he's finally like, "I can't take it anymore." Fuck you, Dad! And he finally takes agency back. Right? Right. Those are the two things that we've that we've thought about. But a third one that we haven't really discussed, and that this scene I felt like really started, kind of, you know, pushing it. Maybe this is where it's going. Maybe this is what turns him into Logan. Ah, so we we see the progression of how you become a Logan about, Roy. About, yes. Yeah. Like it takes something so soul-removing, so soul-crushing. To put you there. To put you where in you a position you where, you, where you can just be as like cold-hearted ruthless. and ruthless as Logan is. Yeah. Because nothing matters. Yeah, the thing it sort of put me, that opening scene, or I guess this episode as a whole, and especially at the end, you know what? I'll save it because it's something at the end that, that's going to happen that I'll that'll spark this conversation up again. But uh, other than the opening sequence being incredible, the I had never noticed this before for whatever reason. I have no idea why. But in the credit sequence, you know, with the theme music and whatnot, when it shows ATN up on the screen, the headline on the story is "Gender Fluid Illegals May Be Entering the Country." Yeah, twice. I, I have noticed this. Did they? <laughs> Okay, so I didn't. I had never noticed that, and I was like, I almost was like, did they add that? Because that <laughs> that is hilariously a shot at, at directly at Fox. News. I believe that it's 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 new for this season. Okay, yeah. Okay, well that's genius, and I believe there's like a subheader underneath that that's hilarious as well. But yeah. I had not noticed that before, so I was laughing aloud at how how they painted that. Um, let's get off to our justice, shall we? What is this place? It, it what it, what the hell is this? So. Okay, I, I, be- I believe that Argestis is not real. This one isn't real. I Googled it because I was like, but how do I go to there? There is a like tech gathering uh-huh. that is extremely similar to this held in, I be- in Aspen, I believe. There are a few different, I believe, versions of things like this. Yes. They're ex- very, very, very exclusive executive retreats that are like $40,000 a pop and you go on these fucking nature walks and discover your leadership skills and stuff. And really what they are is big sloppy fuck fests for everybody to make deals and, and ruin their lives with each other. Uh, these super powerful, crazy people. It, okay. So the one that I'm thinking of is the Allen and company 
Sun Valley Conference. So it's actually in Idaho. It's in okay. Sun Valley, Idaho. Okay. What immediately struck out stuck out to me here, and of course, you know, I'm the, the style guy, right? Um, shouts to Club Cool. They land, and every single one of them is in some super expensive puffer vest. Yeah. Every one of them, which is which is funny because after the last like one of these big billionaire tech retreats that is that this was basically mimicking right gq did like a thing about how all these dudes wore vests okay like the patagonia nano puff or the montclair or yeah. like you know the the bell staff or like it's so always they, been a rich white guy thing for some reason exactly but and this is this these are the vests for the ultimate rich white guys yeah. it's like it's just it was I so saw you funny put up a they... post on Club Cool, I think, the one Tom had on, maybe? Uh, somebody did somewhere. Somebody probably and did. I was it, actually, my, it, it, was, it was about how expensive his puppy vest was. Yeah, his Montclair vest. Okay, yeah. it was Montclair. Um, but I just, I loved how they nailed the details. Roman of made that. fun of it, though. He did, but Roman, I'm pretty sure Roman was wearing a vest, too. Earlier, he wasn't, he, he, was just, wearing like a, he was wearing like a quarter zip, which is the other thing that you can wear at this. The, speaking of the, the fashion of side of it, the, the line from Roman to Kindle, uh, look at you scanning for influence like a yuppie RoboCop. <laughs> And then they get into the conversation about clothes, and Roman says, jacket or no jacket tonight, I think is what he's asking about. And Kendall's like, right, like I'm going to fucking tell you, fuck off, strategic advantage. Strategic advantage. And Roman says, fine, but fair warning, I'm thinking of no sock in it, <laughs> rocking some horny ankle cleavage. <laughs> Dude, that, that whole exchange was like, you and I have probably heard 100 people have a conversation like that in our lives. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's how bros talk to each other about the shit they're going to wear for like a wedding or for like a big night or whatever. But like, it was just, it was kind of nice to see these two brothers share a moment again. Right. right. It's been a while. Yeah. And then that is reflected in the way this episode wraps up as well. It sort of reminds you that behind all of this shit, we don't know how these people grew up. We don't know what these kids have been through together and we don't really fucking know much about them i mean this is a very small time frame of their lives we are looking at so right. far so like it i think we're slowly going to get little bits and pieces about what it was like growing up roy uh as this show progresses as well as we did this week in a, in a pretty stunning way at the end that we, yeah. again we will a, get to yeah a lot has precipitated that we've just never seen that we yes. don't even have knowledge about um it was a great line from Roman, and I also wanted to that 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 reminds me that I wanted to give a shout to this line from Roman from last episode that I forgot to mention when he's talking about how he's uh, he's been down in the salt mines with his fellow Johnny Lunchpails. Yeah, and then he says, "I've seen the world for how it really is, Siobhan, and it's changed me. I'm a kettle corn shoveler here to show you frilly clip flickers the truth." <laughs> Dude, he. <laughs> him and him and Shiv's back and forth in this episode was unbelievable. Uh, but Where she yeah. says she's like your cock is out, and he's like that's impossible, and he's because <laughs> he's making fun of his own tiny dick. He keeps making his own tiny dick jokes uh, at this point. Like he's really, really become. He's the comedian in the family, right? He's like this broken, shriveled, sexually messed up like dude. Yeah, and I mean, just these. That's what I mean by the characters on this show. That is such a distinct character. We're like, what, twelve. 15, 16 episodes into this thing's existence it's just there's a lot of depth to these guys that we I mean considering how fast things have moved yeah it's an impressive amount of depth that they've put on each it character it is it is uh, so our justice starts off and it's like it's this massive conference as we mentioned with all these super wealthy people I think it's mostly media types but as he yells out something on the plane I swear to god if some tech fuck lands before us like something like <laughs> that that's also awesome which yeah. was a hilarious shot at the tech world and just like Old money versus these new money tech yuppies and yep. all that good stuff. Uh, Connor and Shiv, not there. 
Shiv at the beginning, well, obviously she comes. She's called in as a sort of ringer almost. Connor's off. We don't even know. He's, he's not in the episode. He probably doesn't give a shit. He's working on his campaign or something. But Shiv is insulted that she's not invited. What's the reasoning? They want her, like, removed from it almost? Like, it was kind of poorly explained. Um, I don't think there really was a reasoning. They, they you know, they say that they ran out. They didn't have enough passes to They didn't have any ba- enough badges? And she's like, oh, right. Like, it would have been that hard to get one more. That was ridiculous. Isn't she supposed to be the successor? What they, they wouldn't yeah, have a fucking badge? Not for her? really. I don't know. There's a lot going on right now where I, I think that the the sentiment behind all of this is, you know, and you can kind of see this when they when they eventually introduce all three children onto the to the stage yeah. to to have the conference. Yeah, she's still just like a political and corporate strategist because she's, she's not, not officially actually part officially company. part of the company. And so until she is announces this as the successor i think that they like having that flexibility that where she's, she's not where she's not tied to anything that the company does nothing directly, directly. Yeah. all right okay that makes that makes good sense then um obviously she's called in later for for reinforcements but this thing the oh 75 dollars for a cob salad for the cob salad yeah is that that gives you an idea what kind of money we're talking that about it's the here. best salad you've ever had though i fucking <laughs> I, there's like gold chunks in that thing uh Okay, so one of the one of the first things that we we face in this episode is the crisis for Tom, when cousin Greg approaches him and lets him know, "Hey, Tom, we can't use the slogan that you tested and approved with focus groups. We're listening, because as it turns out, Roy Star Waco is actually listening with a tiny microphone on every <laughs> single cable box, which was obviously a play on everything that we have going I'm on in Alexa's Facebook. and Google Home and your phone and everything. Yes. But those two dudes discussing like it, it's here's why it's so hilarious to me and why i enjoy this show so much is i don't think people realize this is actually how decisions <laughs> like that are made it really is just two rich dumb fucks like the main dude probably doesn't even know this is happening discussing on a nature hike at a forty thousand dollar corporate retreat and then inevitably coming up with we here for you we here for, for you. you for you for you <laughs> I can't, and then they don't even fucking spell it right when he's up there, <laughs> no, by the way. Yeah, it's A-T-R-E. They don't. I, I noticed that. I noticed yeah. that, yeah. Un- unbelievable little scene there, though, dude. The, I was the, dying. Those two coming up with the slogan is just... That was their magic right there. That like, was them. He, I mean, just bottle it up and sell it in jars, man. It's That's what they've done. I'm basically <laughs> watching the show, waiting for the tiny moments with Cousin Greg and Tom. And we get one, like, every few episodes, like this. It's just, it's it's amazing. Like, how can they do, how can they... Everything that they're they're just like shooting 100% right now. It's just incredible. Yeah, and in like the the best part of it is like in actuality everyone on the show is shooting 0%. Every decision being made right now is just absolute ass except maybe Kendall. So we actually are listening? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fucking great, dude. I mean, that was fantastic. We are listening. <laughs> And then they're not even, like, they don't care about that, be, like, that anybody could be affected by that, right? It's just yeah, about... No, it's just the optics. It's just the optics yeah. for them. It's just about solving the, the problem. Yeah. Oh, one more great line. Maybe, maybe the line of the episode, I, I was, it maybe one of the lines of the series was uh, when Logan needs Tom, and I believe it was Roman standing next to him, to continue talking to him so that he can look distracted so he doesn't have to go deal with, I can't remember which person it was that was in the room 20 feet away or something. And he, Sandy. He meant Sandy. Sandy, and, Sandy. Yeah. and Sandy may have syphilis, right? Th- that is a rumor that they have started. 
Oh, right. Okay. They okay. started that rumor. Okay, I yeah. forgot they started the rumor, too, which makes it even better. But Tom's like, you don't hear much about syphilis these days. Very much the MySpace of STDs. Uh, just because it's the one that's, you know, highly treatable and but can right. also fucking kill you, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah, really, you know. Dangerous stuff. Yeah. Um, so, next conflict, next problem that arises at the conference. They want, they want to close this deal with Pierce as quickly as possible. That's Logan's whole thing. He wants it done now. He wants it done now. Almost so much so that he's breaking character a little bit and it's throwing his kids. They're like, wow, he's conceding to things. He wants to give them things that they're demanding because he just wants to get it done. What's weird to me is at no point did it actually feel like it was actually going to get done. Like from our angle, uh, all he ever really had for them was like, let's sign the deal. Sign it. Let's do it. Let's, you want to do it? Let's, go, let's do the deal. There was never a really good pitch to Nan. Like, I didn't feel like they did a very good job of attempting to sway or... or work these people no they were I, awful I, at it and and i think that's all pretty purposeful because look even though in the last couple episodes logan has been to one has been the one to like really wield the leverage and flex the muscle right like when he basically just completely shuts them shuts them down about naming shiv the successor or, in order you know, to get the deal what, done. what's his favorite shakespeare line take the fucking money yeah like in actuality they need the deal more than Pierce needs it. Right. So I think that he, I think that they are kind of like starting to show their seams here. Okay. Yeah. In the, in the rush to sign this deal because they, they are desperate. Like they need this deal to happen or the company is probably going to get taken over. He could get, he could lose control. Yeah. So it's, so (laughs) I I think that, that they start to get a little sloppy. They don't really have a good pitch for for why they should close this deal right this second. Right. Um, and, uh, and yeah, you know what I kind of love about this show too? I don't really understand still how a bear hug works and I don't really care. So I did learn a little bit more about this. Okay. Uh, because I read, so what, what I, okay. So I think this is this, this result, they keep calling it the proxy battle. Uh huh. The Sandy and Stewie. Right. Are trying to convince board members to side with them and give them ownership to like, of the company. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's so it's a that, stock battle sort of. Yeah. But that's the that's where that's what it like boils down to. Sorry, this is the second week in a row where I like I heard some other uh, where like I meant to look this up more and then didn't. But I definitely I definitely heard something about this. It's like Stewie and but Stewie and Sandy's end game here is to convince the board members right that they're the better holders of the company basically that logan is no longer worthy and the roy family is no longer worthy of holding this company as a family institution right basically um so yeah the thing is they find out news is going to break bad news it turns out and it's this cruise ship thing we've seen kind of bubbling to the surface over these past this season really uh, and, and, and Mo Lester comes up again. Is that, was, was this an uncle that was like in charge of the company at one point or what's his deal? He obviously worked for the company. Okay. But, he, but it sounds like he was involved with the cruise, the cruises. Maybe he was Parks in charge cruises. of cruises or something. It might've been. I, Jesus. But anyway, there was all these horrible things that they did and things that were buried, uh, at, on cruises, in cruises and, and like dancers on the cruise line were asked for sex to secure contract renewals. It sounds like that's what Mo did. Um, but there was other stuff as well. It was a very fucked up situation. They've buried all this stuff. They've paid people off. They've gotten people to sign things. They've kept all these different things that have happened on cruises, which is not uncommon, by the way, in real life. 
you always hear about these weird situations on cruise ships, whether it's one died in the middle of the ocean and then got filled with human feces and pee, or uh, people falling overboard and then like they pull into Algeria and the legal isn't handled correctly and they never do the, you know what I mean? Yeah, cruises are uh, shady, awful and terrifying, and I don't think that I don't know you why could, people do them. Yeah, it's 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 shocking that they continue to exist. To be perfectly honest about it. Yo no quiero. IMO in my own in my opinion. Not a cruise anyways. guy. I'm just not a cruise guy. Got an uncle, my cousins, they love it. They go like six fucking times a year. <laughs> Never makes sense to me. Never it, made sense of it. It just seems like an absolute just know, a, it's my nightmare. Pe- petri dish, it you know? It is my it's Schlitterbahn. Yes, I feel like you're guaranteed to get sick. Schlitterbahn floating through the ocean <laughs> yeah. is not what I want as a vacation. I don't I don't need to see the other folks uh in groves in droves shirtless. I just don't. Anyway, so the media is on to this stink in cruises, and Tom, again, has been made head of uh, news, right? I'm not sure what that had to do with this, but all well, that is to well, say- he, because he was over at Parks and Rec. Okay, yeah, so that's where he Remember was. Remember, they, they, they're in, in the ever- in the, in the ever- uh, I'm not thinking of the, It's the ongoing process- of the one guy handing off the dumpster fire to the to the next guy. Okay. And Tom is the last one to get handed like the bag. Right. Basically. Right. Full of all the heads. The hot potato. They're yes. playing hot potato and Tom keeps getting caught holding the bag. Yeah. Or the potato. Uh, or the heads. It, it, it just seems like he's still going to be the one to get caught holding <laughs> that fucking potato when this is all said and done. Now, there's a big argument about what should be done about this piece. First of all, they don't know exactly what's in it at first. Um... Obviously, it could blow up the deal with Pierce. That's their main concern, is making sure they get the deal done before the piece comes out. They sort of attempt to do that. It doesn't work out. But Kendall wants to threaten the magazine into not publishing. Shiv wants to agree to work with the magazine, and and that way they can sort of control the story from their side. And what they end up going with is more Kindle strategy. Now, what's ironic about that is that when the news does actually come out, they sort of shift. Kindle... Uh, wants to face it head on and Shiv is sort of like, let's let it pass, like see what happens, let it play out. She yeah. wants to sort yeah. of hunger down, mm-hmm. um, which is just unusual. But all in all, they end up doing this panel before the news drops, right? And, no, after the oh, news Oh, after the dropped. news drops, yeah. excuse me. And, uh, and, and as a result, that's when Shiv is called in as sort of the ringer to do the panel with Kendall and Roman. They're all arguing who should do it. Kendall and Roman prep for it. Shiv comes in. Her dad asks her to do it. She's like, fuck you. I'm not your, you know, basically female scapegoat. You can just throw at stuff like this. Yep. And uh, she has a great line at one point about, oh, my God, what was it like? What's the, the Geiger counter? That you oh, use to check yes. the radioactive nature of something, counter. but she she flips makes it a line about being female, yeah, that ovarian was... Geiger counter or something like that. I yeah, can't that remember was, what it was, yeah. but it was incredible. Um, so she comes in anyway. They all three end up on stage, like you said, and it is very weird because of the element of Shiv not actually being part of the company. Um, also, this is no press. It's just the people in the room it's can hear It's just this? the people in the room. That's right. Which uh, is fucking weird. How did you think that this little panel went? Horribly? Okay. That like, was definitely my takeaway. Embarrassingly bad? It was, it, it was a complete train wreck, I thought. Maybe all of the panels were? I, I don't know, but the three kids seemed to just continually contradict one another They were awful. If you saw stage. that on TV with one of the biggest media yeah, conglomerates you, you in the world, be you'd like, be freaked the fuck out. That? Like, they... They had 
they were not cohesive at all on, on what they were trying to Roman say. Roman is and like then, <laughs> just lean, like slumped over in his chair, like throwing out lines. Yeah. So that was um, that was actually a cringeworthy scene, well executed, because I was like, oh my god, what is happening? No, no. Like it was just kind of difficult to keep in mind. No one else outside that room is ever going to see or hear right, that. That's that's it, fair. Uh, which is very important, obviously. Um, but on that panel is what brings Shiv to call out her dad, basically, for his dinosaur values, yeah. as she puts it. And he is very much the dinosaur. And they directly ask her, like, who's the dinosaur you're talking about putting out or whatever? And she's like, oh, I would never go after my dad. But I mean, he's in the audience. He's listening to this. It's all very, very awkward. Shiv, again, I, I would say... A lot of people probably looked at that as another misstep. It, 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 I didn't see it. I saw it sort of neutral. She's clearly trying to continue to push on him. Yes. To make his move, to announce her, to keep him under her thumb a little bit. Like almost like he has got her so under his thumb at this point, she's just struggling like thumb war back. You know what I mean? Trying to get a little bit of hand, if you will, if you'll be George Costanza yeah, for a moment God, with God me. Yeah, gets hand. Um, no, I think that was, and this I, upsets him greatly. Yeah. And I think it was, a, I think for sure it was a calculated move. Yes. Like she knew that she that went was going in, to irk him. And she went in knowing she was going to go that route, yeah. I think too, to use it to posture herself right. against her dad and to continue to make herself look like the must have option if Pierce wants to do the deal. Yes. Yeah. So, yep. uh, what else? We have a Roman and Jerry randomly team up to become rock star and mole woman <laughs> which does not include anyone being talked off or jacking it on the other side of a door or anything like that yeah this that was week. a refreshing change of That'd pace nice change you know pace. they can just have a nice conversation about teaming up nobody has to whip anything out nobody has to take it out yeah we'll talk about people taking it out in the boys in a moment by the way which didn't see that coming uh but yeah roman ends up Basically, she's, she she puts him to task business flirting and doing cocaine, it turns out, with a potential investment from the private sector. It's this Middle Eastern guy, a mogul who, what he tells Roman, point blank, is like, on cocaine, by the way, in a very passing conversation that should not have been taken seriously and relayed to anybody, which is one of the, if I had to pick a complaint, it's one of the things about this show, there will randomly be... Those two men doing cocaine in that mm. bathroom would not fucking result in Roman then pushing it up the ladder. Like, yeah, he might be into it, but he wants to be able to use it for his own propaganda wing for his region. I don't think that would ever happen. I don't think anybody would leave that room taking that seriously. Well, I, and I think he was joking. When he brought it up to Jerry? Yes. Okay. It, he's hard to read, dude, like, because like, he's so yeah, fucking... Yeah, well, he so, he's very, very guarded. dry. Yeah, and, he's and so you so you don't know when he's joking or being sarcastic. Like but on no, the fucking I'm, panel, he's. I'm pretty sure making... he was basically saying like n it went horribly. Okay, there's no chance in hell. Got it. Unless you know, like, haha. -ha, unless we just want to give him his own propaganda channel. Okay, right. so it was obviously like a, this is not, not an option, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, after all this drama, after all of this blows up inexplicably, there is a comedy show. At where are we? Argentinus? What's this place called? Arge Argestis. Argestis. <laughs> At Argestis. Whoever, listen, whoever built Argestis, whoever planned it, whoever the original, I don't know. You could, this would never exist. A stand-up comic would not get on stage and start ripping on billionaires. First of all, that stand-up comic would be dead. All right. So like a week later. I don't know if, if this actually happens at these retreats. 
What it felt to me like they were kind of riffing on was the White House Correspondents' Dinner. A little bit, yeah. The president, whatever that's called. Because that does happen, and they actually do bring in a comedian. Yeah. And even pre-Trump, that comedian comes in and, like, roasts Roasts. everybody. For real. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's kind of where I thought they were going with that. Okay. Um, th- I, w- I agree with you. I think this comedian probably like maybe w- took it further than a comedian would actually like go. Like going after specific deals and because shit? Because the thing is the politicians are like public figures. Uh-huh. They kind of have to deal with this type of thing. They want all their information's out in the public. and Yeah. yeah. Like at this retreat, you know, I, I, even though it's all supposed to be relatively clandestine and secretive and, and everything stays within these walls... Yeah, I don't know. It, it was a lot, man. He says, like, ahoy there, permission to never fucking board. <laughs> like, I mean, he really goes at him, which causes Nan Pierce, the matriarch of the Pierce family, to f- literally run for her life. Uh, she bails. She's like, nah, that's it. I'm out. I've seen enough. She starts to leave, and Logan chases her in maybe his weakest moment yet, his weakest scene yet. After an episode where he had moments where he threw up at the dinner, right? Got real sick in public. Yes. He's had moments where people had to be like, Daddy, okay? That kind of thing, where Kendall's checking on him. He's had little lapses where on the plane where he says, fuck it, just get it done, instead of what he would normally do, which is push back or tell them to fuck off. Uh, he's clearly out of sorts. He's tired. He's, he's tired you and know? sick. He's yeah. clearly sick and tired, and he's fucking old He's had one stroke already or something, whatever that was. Uh, it's it's He's in a bad spot here, and he chases Nan out, and the entire thing blows up in his face in an irrevocable fashion. I do not think we will be dealing with the Pierce family anymore. Um, I don't expect them to exit the storyline. I don't either, but they, I don't think we're going to be acquiring... Well, I don't know. There might be something... Yeah, we're going to need another twisty here. Exactly. It would require another twist. Yeah. Right now, it certainly seems dead in the water. Because Rhea comes out, and then Rhea get is Rhea Nan's daughter or granddaughter? Neither. She's the not, CEO neither. of Pierce. Okay, so that is not as family business no. as... Okay, wow. So, well, the CEO is now going to be probably sued by the fucking founder or whatever. Yes, re- whatever. resignation letter demanded. Like, She's in deep shit. Uh, she got caught going behind their backs she, and trying to make this deal she happen. She did. And I'm honestly, I'm a little disappointed that we didn't see that coming. Yeah. Because... Well, also, it seems incredibly illegal. She def she even though they did a good job of like showing her play hardball uh-huh. when she when she was in the you know showing she put on a good face. Yes, she put on a good in face. The presence of both families. But the fact is, she took these meetings with without the knowledge no of the ownership of the company. No permission, and she's doing it for what reason? She has stock, right? Yeah. She wants to get rich. Yes. If the company sells, she makes a shitload of money. So yeah. that's where I say it's almost like it comes off as illegal, and I think that's why she will get her tits suit off, because you cannot do that. It's not, you cannot do that. You cannot try to organize like a, I, I just didn't, it, whatever that was. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely some business ethics Business ethics. How many shows is that guy on as the main actor right now? Eric from Billy Madison, who is... <laughs> Seriously, he's a main cast member. He's got to be in three or four different TV. Uh, I feel he's, like every commercial he's, he's I see. He's on a new one. He's coming on. He's he's about to be on a new one. Okay, that's the one they've been pumping hard. They, ha- they have I been keep pumping seeing hard. it, and I'm yeah. like, God damn. He always plays the same character. Um, just depending on what level of like language he's allowed to use based on whatever <laughs> network it is. So the whole thing explodes. Uh, 
and what the the episode basically ends with Logan and the whole family having to acknowledge internally to themselves like this is all not going well fucking at all um we've got the news story breaking we've got Pierce deal exploding and in the heat of the moment Roman giggling at like what went down with the stand up comic it finally sets Logan off to the point that he backhands him in the face. And he hits him so hard that he knocks a tooth out of his mouth. And the important part of that moment is where Kendall immediately jumps to his brother's defense, yells, no, don't fucking touch him. Yeah. And which is an immediate that notification that Logan Roy has likely been abusing Roman his whole life. Uh, or at least his adult life, or his adolescent to adult life. It was a sign that there has definitely been a level of abuse in this family at the hands of the patriarch of this family and this company. Uh, To what degree? Now, we don't know. But that reaction from Kendall spoke volumes that this has occurred many, many times before. And even Kendall, in basically Logan's uh, henchman mode, still... That was the line for him. He could not sit there and watch his dad hit, yeah, hit his I, brother again. I thought it was interesting because I didn't expect Ken to like to to um, to snap back like that. Right, and that's where Barry. I get the inkling that underneath a lot of this, when when Logan, I'm doing air quotes, saved Kendall by blackmailing him. Essentially, that's what happened. He blackmailed him into safety. Right. He. We know what happened last night. You were with a guy that ended up dead. We're going to make it all okay, but you're going to be my bitch. Right. That, was the, that was the deal. Um, I think when that happened and Kendall was at his lowest, broken, most shitty, pathetic point, maybe there was a little more to him than we gave him credit for. Maybe he did already have the seed planted of, you know what? Fuck this old man. And what he has done to me and my, my brother and my sister and what he in the position he has put me in and him blackmailing me out of my life, essentially. And I think maybe the wheels have always been sort of turning a little bit. And, and that moment where he jumps to Roman's defense was an indicator to me that underneath it all, if the facade drops, that Kindle is still there. And the one that I think is, a, is against Logan. And I'm interested to see how that plays out through the remainder of the season because we just now have opened that can of worms back up. Like the conflict within this family has hit a boiling point now. Yeah, where everybody is unhappy with everybody, and it's it's I don't know where it goes from here. Which is, I guess, how I will end this discussion. Yeah, what is about what happens now, Barrett? What do you think happens? What did the preview tell you? Uh, you know, um, I'm not really sure. <laughs> even even I watched it. Even, I, didn't I did too. But, but even the preview is like relatively vague. That's how HBO and is I, always I, done. I, but I kind of like this because this is a nine episode season, mm-hmm. and this was the end of six. So this was like a this felt like a good end of an act. Act two. Act two. Okay. Right. I, I'm, I'm we're, totally we're, with. You. We're up. We're 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 hitting. We're we're headed toward this peak of like the big acquisition. They're going to get Pierce. They're going to stave off the proxy battle. They're gonna, you know, shake off the bear hug. Yeah, but then they don't. And then they so now bottom what? as a family, basically. Yeah, it's almost like there's nowhere um, to go but up. So I've, I, I did. I, the scene very, very affecting where Logan snaps like that and hits Roman in the face. Um, 
I felt bad because I was still chuckling and then couldn't stop laughing because <laughs> Roman standing there and just doing that voice, making fun of Shiv's dinosaur comment. Yeah. Was just like hilarious. I can't even remember what he was saying, but he was just like doing a funny voice. He'd be being like, yeah, oh, yeah, you really called him old dinosaur, old stegosaurus or something like that. I don't know. I was laughing. Though. And then he just catches one. And then he, yeah, it was, yeah, startling. Ooh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a heavy way to end the episode. And it was, I mean, it was obviously a good way to end it. Also, um, just another shout to the acting. Nan Pierce has been fantastic. She has been. Bill Gates being uh, mentioned was a fun part of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Who says he saw him? Greg? Uh, cousin Greg. Oh, yeah. He's like, I just saw Bill Gates. Tom's like, oh, yeah, cool. Um, she was she was awesome. She's now wielding a little bit of power, a little bit of leverage here. See how it shakes out. But Logan running after the car was also just like, I don't know. It's just incredible to watch, man. I was just fascinated. Like, here's this guy who's been winning the a whole entire season. And he started showing a little desperation and the wheels came off and like, I don't know, that was, that was, it was crazy to see him running after the car. I think what will be. With zero hand. Yes. I think what will be interesting to see is what is a Logan Roy with everything taken away with zero hand? What does that look like? Right. And most of, most time, you know what they say about when you back an animal into a corner. It's going to attack. Right. But you got to be. But he usually has so many pieces of leverage at his disposal right. that he's able to craft you know, successful battle plan. But one of the things I like about his character is that we've seen these peaks and valleys of good decision and bad decision making. True. Sort of based on his mental health is the feel that I get. Is it? That, yeah. It's based on sort of the maybe dementia, maybe spaciness of this elderly man. And uh, that's the thing I've sort of saw this as one of the valleys. And I imagine, I don't think we've seen powerful logan roy for the last time yeah probably not but he's definitely going to have to be smart about his next about steps. The way i don't think he can't he can't just start you know burning forests no that's fair yeah I'm, I'm i'm with yeah it's a weird balance because you almost you get that feeling like do something what the fuck but then also you can't he can't go burn you know he can't just do anything completely blatant and insane there are there is a board there are stockholders people to answer to things that could happen uh, the the optics do matter quite a bit, as we found out in this episode. Public perception matters quite a bit. There are a lot of things to balance when this uh, when this guy's making decisions, and it's very difficult based on his state of his brain. Yeah. Um. I l- let me drop in my Emmys note here at the end of this conversation. The Creative Arts Emmys were held this past weekend. The actual Emmys are this weekend. Okay. And uh, there was a recent. HBO on Twitter has been doing this thing where they like will tweet out a prompt, you know, yeah, yeah. one HBO character that you'd switch lives with, right? That right. one went, or actually it was the, I think three greatest characters of all time. That one's, yes. Went batshit. Yeah. It's been sent to me like a hundred times. Please stop sending it to me. Um. Anyways, one of them was like, I think it was one that I responded and, and tweeted out. It was like, it, it was something about like best ensemble, best title best something i can't remember anyways my choice for the title theme was game of thrones because it can't not be like i i think that that is just a world beating and record setting intro that yeah it's chills you to your bones the only one i would even say like maybe 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 you could compare like put even in the same ballpark as the sopranos and it's, it's still not close for me well so one that was close for me is succession like, I think that this intro is incredible. So, 
at the Creative Arts Emmys, uh, there are two different categories, and I, and I, and and I like this a lot because it's actually a perfect way to describe how I feel about each one of them. So the two categories are outstanding main title design. <laughs> Game of Thrones won this. Okay. Succession not nominated. Wow. Okay. What Succession was nominated for and won was main title theme, the music. And love the piano. This little beat, the beat, the 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 piano mixed with like the hip hop beat with the like. Yeah, it I can't is do it. Phenomenal. I love and I'm really, really glad that, like, you know, obviously Ramin Dijuati's intro, like his 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 Game of Thrones theme is also incredible. It, it it's the main piece that kind of like chills you. But I'm positive that it's won before. Uh, surely. And so I just, it was nice to see that that Thrones can win for title design. Succession wins for the actual theme song, the the, the composition of the music. And uh, best of both worlds, man. Both, I like these, that. both these shows got a got a statue for their intros, and I think they're that they're two of the best. They are two of the best. I enjoy both the intros thoroughly. Good for good for the people who created them for getting their doing proper. Yes. Looking forward to seeing uh, what happens in episode seven this upcoming Sunday. Of course, we will discuss that on next week's OCC. This episode of OCC is also brought to you by Felix Gray. We are all watching a lot of television together. We are uh, all of us. Barrett, you, me. Everybody listening, as you may you, not... I mean, yeah, as you said, our new slogan, we watch Yes, for you. That is our new slogan. Barrett and I decided, we talked about it off mic, uh, we watch for you <laughs> is going to be our new slogan uh, here on OCC. And you may not realize it, but the average American blasts their eyes with bright screens for 11 hours every day. Like I said, we're watching a lot of TV, but I'm also legit staring at my phone or computer or some other device, like at every waking second. And the fact is, we can't eliminate extensive screen time from our lives, but you can protect your eyes from that extensive screen time with a pair of Felix Gray blue light filtering glasses available in both non-prescription and prescription. The majority of Americans live with tired, dry eyes, blurry vision, or headaches caused by screens. If that sounds familiar, if by the end of the day you're freaking dying like I am because you've had your contacts in and you're staring at 100 different screens or whatever, I'm telling you, there's no better feeling than taking out your contacts or taking off those prescription normal glasses and putting on these blue light filtering Felix Grey glasses, you will feel refreshed within mo- minutes. I'm, I'm serious. It really makes a huge, huge difference. If you're somebody who likes to watch movies or TV before you go to sleep at night and you typically have a hard time enjoying it because your freaking eyes hurt so much by that point, these things are incredible. Uh, they filter out 90% of high-energy blue light and eliminate 99% of glare coming from your daily barrage of screens. Unlike other blue light filtering glasses, Felix Gray uses proprietary blue light technology embedded into the lens as opposed to the cheap coating that can easily chip or scratch over time that you'll find on other brands. Felix Gray is on a mission to make fashionable, high-quality blue light protection widely accessible by offering a variety of frames for all face shapes and style preferences. I actually have the Faraday frames in black. Like I said, I wear them every night when I game, when I watch shows before sleep uh, so that my eyes don't hurt and so that I can get better sleep because my eyes are typically worn out. My job involves a lot of screens, as you all know. Felix Gray frames are handcrafted from the same high-quality materials used in high-end designer frames like organic Italian acetate and German-engineered steel. Felix Gray glasses are available in non-prescription. You don't have to be blind like me to uh, protect your eyes from all this damn blue light. 
Uh, they're also available in prescription and readers, as well as adult and kid sizes. Don't go another day looking at screens without the help of some Felix Grays. Go to felixgrayglasses.com slash OCC for free shipping and 30 days risk-free returns or exchanges. That's felixgrayglasses.com slash OCC, F-E-L-I-X-G-R-A-Y glasses.com slash OCC. Barrett, are you ready to talk about The Boys? The Boys. The yeah, boys. let's talk about it. Uh, now, I think that we've each just watched one episode. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I thought that this would be a nice jumping off point after uh, you guys yelled at us for like six straight weeks about- Felt like months. W- watching this show. Watch maybe the maybe boys. it was months. Um, and I thought that was okay because you guys clearly like this show, so we'll stretch we'll stretch the conversation out a little bit. Uh, finally, you know, finally we're here though. We're diving in. Uh, we're starting. I mean, it, the 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 amount of people who have tipped us off to the show is is absolutely crazy. And one episode in, I just want to say thank you for all the people who put the pressure on us to add this one to our rotation because. It was phenomenal. I was uh, I was thoroughly impressed. I, I I enjoyed it as I mentioned at the top of the show, much more than I expected. Barrett, going into this, I thought it would be maybe like you know how there's like those secondary shows where you're like it's good, but you don't yes. care too too much. And ob- honestly, sometimes those are the ones that you and I, with our profession now, can it can be a little bit more daunting. You're yeah. not as excited to watch. Far like, more of a, those become far more of a chore. Like yeah. Succession. Not daunting at all. Requires almost no work right. for me. Th- I was worried this was going to be more of the latter, the other kind of show. No, 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 no. It is not. It is. This is so very much up my alley. The one thing I'll say is jarring about episode one, before we hop into you know, sort of what happens and how this franchise launches here, was how similar to Watchmen it is. Yeah, so based on what I had, what I knew about the show, which was pretty much from like reading tweets about its premise, right? Like I knew that it was like superhero. a take on a superhero story where the superheroes are essentially public figures, right? And um, which is a watch that that's sounded Watchmen. pretty Watchmen esque. Now, what, what I, the the rest of this season will obviously dictate like how closely it, it kind of follows the Watchmen path, and I have to imagine it breaks away more, or there, yeah. I feel like there would be more complaining if it well, was all as close as episode one because it was pretty close. Yeah, and what Watchmen at the end of the day is is also kind of like about it is it ends up being about saving the world, right? Right. Like there's there's going to be a nuclear nu- holocaust. A, yes, exactly, and th- uh, that needs to be stopped. So, I, you know, I don't, I can't tell if that's where we're going here or not. They'll pro- even if they do, I'm sure they'll get to it in a different way. Um, I don't feel like that's where we're going. But I don't, I don't feel like it's a save the world from blank situation. I feel like it's a fighting crime and wh- how does this fit in legally and morally right. and corporate wise and all that. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they're going more that direction. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, let's just start at the beginning. I like was just completely jaw on the floor when this dude's girlfriend uh bruh. gets smashed by a bus basically bruh. what what was that like he's holding her literal hands and there's no other part of her body left that that I'm doing the face right now and it's just me with my eyes wide open and and my mouth just yeah well it's, know, it's the moment it's the moment that this show shows you where it's going to be different yeah <laughs> and because it, it gives you that two minutes of like these you know, he's very much in love, young people who should, now they're going to move in together. It's an incredibly exciting moment. Sweet kids, just sweet kids. And then just like, just like that, uh, she's gone. And 
I mean, the look on that dude's face in the slow motion, the way they played it out where you the blood is splattering. The blo- yeah, you, you start sort of, seeing the blood like you start coming to, to the put it together. frame and you're like, what the sh... What the fuck just yeah. happened? Like, did she get hit by a car? <laughs> and then you see, what's his name? Whichever one of the heroes. A-Train. Like, A-Train yeah. saying, I can't stop. I can't stop. I'm so sorry. And then like he takes back off and mm-hmm. our boy is just standing there like, what the fuck? And that's when you realize, oh yeah, okay, these superheroes are going to be not so super. Yes. Um, yeah. And and yeah, it turns out they're they're mostly bad. In yeah. fact, the I, it's almost like you could compare it to child, like celebrity childs. Uh, what's the word? <laughs> child actors, child celebrities. You sort of, if you put them all in a group, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody considers that group. They they all misbehave because they have all this power and fame and money. Right. Uh, but then they go do their jobs, too. Yep. And everybody loves that they do their jobs. But then they all misbehave because they all have <laughs> this power and fame and money. And that's sort of, the, it's sort of the angle, almost, with the superheroes. It's like they've gotten, they're so separate. They operate by such a separate s- set of rules than everyone else. Well, we see it. I mean, our girl goes in for an interview with what? The number two guy out of the seven? Mm-hmm. And he sexually assaults her yeah that was something takes his pants off uh a couple of notes on chase crawford is that his name that's chase crawford who's a texas guy he like he's a dallas guy he's the dallas guy yeah i didn't even realize that he was still doing acting work but he's clearly gotten a pretty big role here um what one he got just jacked for this role. Definitely some HGH going on there. You should for a superhero role. Yeah, you, you have to. Yeah. Then also, my second thing is, anybody that... Okay, he is a he is a white guy, uh-huh. you know? Like in a, a pretty... A, a white guy. He's a white guy, white guy. Yeah. But he's got a really, really dark and perfect five o'clock shadow. Okay, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of actors have this, it, it, I feel like. Just a recipe for being a douchebag. I know nothing about this guy in person. But if you have that facial hair where like your two day stubble is like a perfect two millimeter, very dark, you know, scruff, like it's like perfectly filled in, like it looks perfectly lined on, like it looks painted on. Yes. Thank you. Then, uh, you know, you're bad. You're probably bad news. Yeah. We saw a lot of these dudes in Houston growing up. I feel like (laughs) there was a lot. There was too many people with 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 that too many white guys with that. Pasted on fucking scruff. Yeah, that's it's it's, it's yeah. It's, it's just something about it. Maybe it, we're just jelly because both of us have. Uh, I've always you know, tr- I've always tried to achieve that douchebag look, but patchy. I've never, yeah, I'm patch Adam. Not that here. filled in and, yeah. and just yeah. There's like weird hairs coming out of spots. <laughs> there's not supposed to be like my facial hair is not this guy's facial hair. No. Our asses are exactly the same. That I'll is say th- that. That's like, a great point. It's I'm funny glad when, you they, when he took up. his pants yeah. off. I was like, holy shit, is that me? Yeah, and it wasn't me. It was him. It was Chase. Wait a sec. I didn't. I don't remember. Remember being I, the body double yeah, I don't in this show. Showing what, up how did this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, it turns out terrible fucking person. And so the thing we're kind of sold on throughout the course of uh, the pilot, right, is that all, by the butcher is that all these superheroes are trash. They're all garbage, except for the main dude, whose name is what? Captain? Is it Captain something? It's no, like Mister America. Basically. It's Captain America. But it's their version of it on here, and his name is uh, List of the Boys Characters. Thank you, Wikipedia. God bless Wikipedia, always and forever. Um, 
Let's see. There's Billy Butch. Dude, I don't know. I, I might accidentally go down some rabbit hole I'm not supposed to. Oh, the Homelander. 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 Thank you. Sorry. Yeah, see, for if wa- you had two PhDs, you wouldn't have had to waste that 12 seconds. That's true. Fuck. Because I would, yeah. <laughs> um, no, Homelander is his name. Thank you for, for your patience. We've only watched one episode. I will learn the names. This will not we be will. like we Game will. of Thrones. It, it's not going to be season three before I know the names. <laughs> I promise I'll know the names by next week. Um, but we're sold on Homelander as the infallible good leader, right? Yes. Like he actually is the real deal. He's the real deal. It's, and then yeah. what, what we find in the last scene of the episode is uh no that's he's incorrect. actually not he f- lasers a plane in half because the senator or mayor or I'm unclear on that man's position but that was refusing to play ball for 200 million for the new hero that they're going to pay to do, to work Baltimore mm-hmm. yeah no him and his kids and his family and everyone else on that plane is now dead yeah so and that was at the hands of uh of our boy Homelander. Of our boy the Homelander. Yeah. Yeah. So um, let's talk about Starlight, the new, the newest addition to yeah, the seven. So Starlight's the new girl. Uh, th- this was my one, and th- it's really a it's a small critique, and it's uh, probably not even her fault, but maybe a little bit. And they might have been doing this on purpose. Okay. She had several moments where she basically had to do like a quote unquote like emotional monologue, mm-hmm. and they didn't totally register with me. Yeah, I, I feel like it had the element of, like, it's it's a different type of emotional monologue. Like, you're almost supposed to feel like she's sort of a naive, like, you're not supposed to totally identify with it. It's supposed to be a little bit more like, oh, she doesn't know what she's really doing, well, maybe. Well, the, the, the other part of it is that she even, like, they, they she makes a reference to the, the hero pageants, basically. That she was like she's essentially a, a pageant queen, except uh-huh. for it's for heroes in this world that we're living in here. So I, I maybe it was supposed maybe those like when she's on camera for the audition or when she's talking to uh to our to our uh, our our main young young kid who got his girlfriend smashed um on the park bench Huey Huey thank you yeah she they just they almost feel like a little forced or contrived mm-hmm. that that's what I'm kind of looking for I'm curious as to whether they play that up more like as uh, you know that is purposeful that she comes off as like slightly insincere or if that's just going to get or if or if will that'll fade as these characters get better with their roles and right. used, more used to each other. I one thing quite, to look I out for. I couldn't quite tell. It's my really it's really my only one critique of uh, of the first episode. Now Starlight's power that we see is that she can produce like a blinding light, basically. Um, she can blind everybody in the room. So it's a little like it's 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 interesting. It's like a blend almost of X Men. And Watchmen, sort of, mm-hmm. uh, because what do they call them? They're not uh, what supers, soups, soups, whatever the hell, soups. Yeah, yeah, uh, w- like super abled. I think was the word they used. Uh, I'm, I must, I missed that. I don't. Well, like disabled a, is the is, yeah. No, is, I okay. Right. So yeah. they use super abled to talk about these, these superheroes, guys. and it's like a very limited amount of people. And Vought, the company, only has like, I think they said in their commercial, it's like over 200 heroes in our, in our company or whatever so was it not like 2000 i swear to god it said 200 and then the entire united states map is filled in with these teensy photos that, and i was like that's way more than that 200. was one of the interesting things that i that i that i took away from this first episode once again this is something that we're obviously both going to get a better grasp well, no, on as, and as I, we continue to watch in fact episodes. it should be said we have z- we went in with zero yeah. information about this for this very reason like so that we can uncover it as a normal viewer would. but the the the, the parallel to actors was so you know so glaring 
that I kind of figured that in this world that we're living in here with this show, mm -hmm. there are lots of these people out there, out there of various talent levels and varying and, levels and of fame. skills, and then also various varying levels of fame. Right. Obviously, like making it to the seven, you're you're an a, you are an A list actor at this point. You're in the big you're in the big budget franchise. You're 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 cashing checks. You're Jennifer Lawrence. You're Brad Pitt, Matthew right. McConaughey. Sure. Leo. Leo. Let's just sit here and name celebrities. Margot. <laughs> just the cast of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood available. Uh, our yeah. podcast of which is available now on patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles. Yeah, no, it, it uh, her character, like Starlight, her whole deal, I guess, was she, was she already involved in doing crime fighting? Yeah, I think so. Okay. And yeah. then she's trying out for the seven. Yes. She gets the call. She mentions back. how how in her hometown, Iowa or wherever, she's Des just Moyes. using a police scanner. Okay, yeah. So she doesn't she have was, all the high tech gadgets. She was the Des Moines, Iowa Des Moines. Des Moines uh, De Des Moines. whatever, dude. Uh <laughs> Des Moines. Is it that's how it looks. <laughs> of of the superheroes. That's her that was the talent she protected, right? And she built like a reputation for herself. And then when she came in she did the tryout and then she goes and Obviously, uh, whatever the sicko's name, who ends up taking his pants off. What's a A train is not him. Oh, th what's Chase Crawford? The, the lamplighter. The, the deep. deep. The deep, which makes it even creepier. Definitely, yeah, some sexual innuendo there. A little bit, yeah. Um, I, I don't know where I was going with that. Anyway, it doesn't matter. the 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 setup there being that she is our new recruit, right? She ends up doing it. She ends up giving the deep a blowjob mm. uh, in exchange for a slot. Admission into the seven. Yeah, final and test. And then immediately it becomes clear by the end of this episode that she's going to be uh, she's going to be seeking revenge on the deep. I think so. I imagine. Yeah. Now we find out other members of the seven are, are perverts too. I don't know what Jack from Jupiter, I believe, is the one that goes see-through maybe. Is he not? Jack from Jupiter? I don't know. Do we even know who that is yet? He's called... Invisibility or something? You that know why his name isn't on the list of characters I'm looking at, Barrett? Because it's invisible? Well, he's fucking dead now, isn't he? Is, he? he is dead, yeah. Was yeah. he not murdered by... He, our, got, by, he, got, uh, he got got. By Billy Butcher? He did, he got got. Uh-huh, so that's why he's not on this list of the boys. Uh, and we probably haven't been introduced to the character that I just named. Spoiler alert! It doesn't spoil anything. Translucent. Translucent. That's the guy's name. He's, he's always in the bathroom hanging out, naked. Yep. Because he has to be butt-ass to do... To yeah. do his move, because it's his skin. It's not actually him going see-through. It's his skin. He explained it. But he's always hanging in the bathroom watching people pee and such, which is how he spots our boy with the bug, ends up tra uh, following him, and that's how he ends up having to face uh, the butcher and, and meeting his demise, um, because he gets double-teamed, sort of. But what a crazy fucking show. Dude, let's talk about how good Carl Urban is as the butcher. What was his accent? This guy is, he is a Kiwi. He's from New Zealand. But I couldn't tell if his accent was supposed to be like Australian or maybe- I think this is or maybe just Lon him. London British. Is that just not how or he maybe talks? Maybe it's just his, it's his actual voice. I just love this guy. When's he, the last time we saw this guy? He is in so much stuff. He's, he's, uh, he's McCoy in the, in the new Star Trek films. You know, I'm a doctor, damn it. Not a, I'm a doctor, Jim, not a scientist or I'm whatever. I'm a doctor, it says. not a lawyer. Oh, no, wait. In, in- Ace Ventura, it's, damn it, Jim, I'm a doctor, not a pool man. <laughs> in actual Star Trek, it's, I'm a doctor, not a scientist. Uh, he's in Lord of the Rings. 
He's in. I mean, dude, this is the OG Star Trek guy, is it not? Is this no, not? The, no, no, no. He just looks exactly like Captain Kirk from back in the day. Yeah. Wow. Captain Kirk back in the day is uh, William Shatner. Oh yeah. Uh, he's in Thor Ragnarok. No, but he looks like one of the Star Trek dudes at one point. One of the main dudes at one point. But yes, he's in a what ton of What I'm telling shit. you is that he is in the Star Trek films, the most recent ones, as McCoy. Right. No, I know. But I'm saying he looks like one of the OG TV Star Trek characters, okay, too. Okay, okay, gotcha. Facially. Yeah. Uh, oh, he was in Xena Warrior Princess. This dude's been around, man. I just, I, I like him a lot. Yeah, he's he was al- phenomenal. He's always good in stuff. I was kind of like, hey, that guy. Yeah, he's and definitely one of those guys. It's always fun when you have a hey, that guy moment, but then they kill the role. Like, you know, yes. it's always disappointing when you're like, oh, no, this is, that guy. this feels, I don't know if it's, I, I don't know if we can call it like star making, but it, this is a, this is a lot of shine for him. This is the most shine I'd say he's probably gotten, you know, in his career. Right. Like one episode in, that was a lot of shine. So that's pretty sweet. He was one of the dominant forces in this episode. Like, for sure. I, li- I like seeing that for him. Um, yeah, so all the heroes are terrible people. What I guess what how does it sort of end? How does episode 1 sort of wrap up? Remind me. Uh with Homelander uh lasering oh, yeah. La- the he lasers the plane and we find out that they're all uh, actually Yeah, they evil. kill they kill Translucent. <clears throat> they got a body on their hands. They got to put him in put him in the uh the boot in the boot as it were. And then Homelander shoots down the plane with a small child on it. Yes. Okay. So, I guess what what was your impression of where do you think we're going from here? Uh, don't know. Huey and Butcher, they're you know, teaming, teaming up. up. They're definitely teaming up now. Butcher, clearly not an FBI agent. No. Uh, which we find out by the end. He's like, I'm not technically a Fed. Uh, we don't know what he is. Is he super abled? We're not clear on we that don't know. either. We don't really. Okay. So as soon as. Huey's girlfriend got got. Uh huh. My I I I said that's going to th- be our bad guy. This is our villain in the making. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I built th- him. To I, the- th- I think they're going to be Huey and the Butcher will be the villains. Right. But our roles are actually flipped here because they're the ones seeking vengeance and for all the soups are disgusting humans. Yeah, they want real justice for someone that was literally murdered for maybe no reason. We don't know why A-Train was... was, was yep, yeah, yep. that's the other thing the Butcher uncovers is that there was no bank robbery uh, that he alleges he was running from. What was he carrying? Why was he running? Uh, why couldn't he stop? These are all questions that we're going to find the answer to that these two yeah. are going to team up and find out the answers to. So... Yeah, I like um, what they're doing with the concept here, though, quite a bit. It's it's fun to see this this uh, you know Marvel shoves it down your throats in every single movie about how great all of these people are, right? So it's so cool I to like see the, the twist. I like this, you know, given all this power and all this fame and all this world saving, like would these people really be good? And the angle that they've taken to sort of like, I mean, obviously, well, uh, our producer Mike mentioned to us that the guys who this is based on a comic, right? Um, the Boys was an American comic book series written by Garth Ennis and co-created, designed, and illustrated by Derek Robertson. And apparently, it was originally published uh, under DC and then moved somewhere else. But apparently, they were heavily inspired by the Watchmen guys. And I think the the place that they really did a good job of breaking away from just superheroes that are problematic and have issues like normal people mm-hmm. is the franchising and the corporation and even though there was a corporation involved in Watchmen as well, it was the one guy had one, but 
all it, these heroes are being managed by a corporation. Yes, the corporatization of the superhero industry. Yes. It's an industry was, is a really the cool thing. The theme parks, yes. the t-shirts, the lunch boxes yep. that each city is paying to have their own designated hero. And they see this vision of each city having a hero who protects them or whatever. That is all a very, very cool premise. And I'm so stoked for this. Like I, I, like I said, I don't, I, it's as high a level of excitement as I could have for a show after episode, after one episode. Cause as I always say, I think three mm-hmm. is before you really know what you're dealing with, with right. most shows. You watch Game of Thrones episode one. You're like, what the fuck? There's like 67 characters. Who are these people? What the <laughs> hell is going on? By episode three, you're like, I can't stop. Please God, give me more. Uh, it's exciting to have one episode in to be like, oh man, dude, because this is my shit. I love, I just love flawed characters, right? That's that's the thing I want to see in my characters. That's the reason I love Tony Soprano so much. It's the reason that I love the Bluth so much. It's it, incredibly flawed characters help us to uh, like better understand ourselves, other people, and just give us a different perspective on the world. And when you mix it in with everything that they've got going on, the boys and the and the super abled and this, uh, you know, hypothetical society where superheroes exist, they, they got a lot to play with here. Mm. A lot to play with. And especially when you line up that literally the main guy in the seven is clearly evil. Yep. Uh, there's a lot going on. And we've got our girl on the inside, Annie Starlight, now. And we've had her meet our main uh, Huey already. They've had their meeting on a park bench, right? They've come in contact with each other already. Clearly, Huey Lewis be, in the news. They're clearly going to be working together, and I'm 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 stoked. Yeah, thank will, you again. We will continue watching, and we will be back to report more very soon. If I had to guess, we'll at least do a couple episodes of yeah. talk next yeah, week. I think yeah, so. we'll see how many we get through between now and then. Um, you and I'll talk off mic because I'll have to make sure that I don't watch more than I'm I'm supposed to. This is not a show where I can do what I did with Mindhunter <laughs> and come in and successfully speak to what's going on, yeah, uh, having yeah. watched ahead. So I will not do that. But yeah, looking forward to tackling the boys with y'all. And obviously season two is already out there, and we're going to get into that as well when the time comes. And, and just another great franchise. we got a couple Amazon shows now, I guess. But Amazon, they're really building the, uh, quite a little, what's the word? Fucking, you know. Catalog, <laughs> catalog of good. shows, au revoir. Yeah, of shows, <laughs> of shows there at Amazon, and uh, props to them for that. Let's move on, shall we? I have something I want to bring up, but first, this episode of OCC is also brought to you by HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh makes cooking delicious meals at home a reality, regardless of your comfort in the kitchen, which is the most important part to me. Uh, from step to step. Step-by-step recipes to pre-measured ingredients. You have everything you need to get a wow-worthy dinner on the table in just about 30 minutes. And if you're incredibly ignorant in the kitchen like me and you're afraid right now, do not be. Because even I, the man who routinely eats like a six-year-old at lunch with a PB&J and Cheetos and can only really cook things like mac and cheese in the past, even I am able to conquer an incredible meal from HelloFresh. Of course, with the help of my lovely wife. And and seriously, though, I made my first delicious HelloFresh dinner with Taylor, and that was really all the help I needed to be able to handle it solo now. It is that easy. It is that simple. It is that good. All their meals are awesome, from the diced pork carnitas tacos to the cheesy chicken pini. It's all, everything they have is delicious, and there's something for everyone, from family recipes to calorie smart and vegetarian, fun menu series like the Hall of Fame and Kraft Burgers. HelloFresh has more five-star recipes than any other meal kit, so you know you're getting something delicious, and they're flexible. 
They fit your lifestyle. You can add extra meals to your weekly order, as well as yummy sides like garlic bread and cookie dough. Easily change your delivery days, your food preferences. Hell, you can even decide to skip a week whenever you need. If you see fit, maybe you're traveling and you don't want meals delivered that week. It's an incredible service. For $80 off your first month of HelloFresh, go to HelloFresh.com slash OCC80 and enter the code OCC80. It's like receiving like eight meals for free for $80 off your first month. HelloFresh.com slash OCC80. Enter OCC80. Barrett, you know how in like the early 2000s, uh, like five, ten years ago even, if you if you were just flipping through your TV channel and you passed one of the Lord of the Rings shows, movies on, you know, it, it, still on TV constantly, ABC or NBC or one of the main networks or people are always throwing them up just to fill space, that was a real time killer. You could if it, you could get sucked in. Was oh yeah, a, it was a dangerous thing to see like the two towers and then stop for a second. Well, because those are three hour movies, and it, then when they're on TNT or whatever, that's like five and a half hours because of the commercials. Yeah, yeah. and like it was it, for me, it was always if I hit the channel during commercial, I was safe, and I'd say, "Oh, thank God," and I'd jump away. But if I'm already in the movie, I was fucked. That's that's five hours of my life down the shitter. Now the problem being. Uh, for me and my dad has this exact same problem, which is why I bring it up because it's a family thing. It's in my genes and it's not my fault. Um, now it's compounded because these goddamn movies are on Netflix. And every time I open up my Netflix, it's like, do you want to watch Lord of the Rings again? You know, the watch, watch again mm-hmm. section. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, right under the continue watching. So people clearly go back to it all the time. Oh, they know what they're doing. <laughs> They know, Barrett. That shit's, it's like fucking Friends, Lord of the Rings. Like, well, not Friends anymore. I guess it's gone now. No, right? no, it's still there. It's still just, there. But it will, it will be gone eventually. Eventually. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's like all the staples. And now Lord of the Rings is the first box. And like yesterday, it was The Return of the King. And I was like, oh, cool. The Return of the King. And three hours later, I was like, God damn it. I'm supposed to be watching The Boys. And then today, it was uh, The Two Towers. And I was like, great. I'm watching the first trilogy of Lord of the Rings in reverse on Netflix because I don't have any self-control. Yeah. Um, it, j- funny that you bring this up because w- for whatever reason, this past weekend, we got into Lord of the Rings talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, I-, I don't remember what prompted the conversation, but I even like- Life. I even mentioned uh, our buddy Everett Yeah, you know, t- uh, on our text group being like, hey, about to catch up on such and such show. Uh-huh. Or yeah, should I just rewatch Two Towers? <laughs> and it's so, a problem, dude. Yeah, so I actually didn't know these were on Netflix right now. But uh, the Return of the King <laughs> is—I I haven't seen it. You haven't seen the last Lord of the Rings? Yes. After after investigating all of this, after we got off the, all on this conversation, you realized I, you had never. Seen I realized the last I had movie. never seen it, which. Is by the way, all three of these movies were nominated for Best Picture. Well, but I believe the last Return one of the won King it. won. Yeah. yeah, which shocking. Like I know that it's it's not a superhero movie. Well, shocking to you because you haven't fucking seen it. I, no, I know, but no, but it's not shocking because because of that. It's shocking because it's like it, a fantasy. Th- do you remember when the Oscars tried to come out last year with they're like we're going to have the popular movie category? Yeah, and it was basically like so that they could you know give a Marvel movie a, an Oscar or okay. like. They were going to put the stuff up that people stuff they normally wouldn't allow, right? In. Because those are the movies that people actually go and watch, and like nobody goes and sees Anna Karenina, you know, yeah, whatever, yeah, uh, chocolat, yeah, um, chocolat. So, yeah, so it was just kind of surprising because this was obviously I can't believe you never saw it. I wonder what domin- do- you know dominated the box office, made we, like a billion dollars. You must have had like the flu or some shit, like dude. You, you, I, 
everybody knows this about me. You know how I am with like these long movies. When you and, mi- yeah, that's Lord, true. and Lord that's of the Ri- true. Lord of the Rings, I, you said is like a family thing for you. Everett, our buddy, is he, he a huge nerd. Thomas loves to read, so like they all have like ties into yeah. the film. Yeah, I, I had nothing for me. I'm just watching a bunch of short dudes like walk uh, around a mountain. I can do that on my own. See, I am a short dude. It's one of the few book series I ever read was The Hobbit and okay. shit. So like I was already into it. Super love J.R.R. Tolkien. Um, my dad loved it. So yeah. yeah, I had an easy easy connection there. But but I I do this is this is a gap in my film resume that I intend on correcting. Well, now you very easily and now can. I very easily can. Yeah. The problem is. That, when? You, that you people are making me watch like, you know, Eight 18, 18 hours of television. Well, and that week, was my so. main point here is that it has become more and more an issue that, look, a big part of enjoying entertainment movies, television, is rewatchability. Sure. And yeah. being able to go back and rewatch your favorite movies and your favorite TV shows, even in some cases, although that would be only in the most special of cases, like. It's 100 hours if you go rewatch The Sopranos, bro. That's a lot of time of your fucking life. And I've done that like seven times because I'm investment. sick. investment, yeah. Uh, but in 2019 and moving forward, like, I've got to figure out my own personal strategy for when I'm able to enjoy rewatching. Because for, to, to your point, this, this is becoming an issue for me personally. Like, <laughs> I, I cannot get stuck watching Lord of the Rings because you and I have too many other shows that we're, ne- we're watching for the podcast. Right. And frankly, even more to that point, let's say... Uh, these microphones explode and podcasting doesn't exist tomorrow. The same problem will still exist for me because there is too much good quality television being put out by all these networks. And Mm -hmm. that's been the issue we've seen arising for years and years doing OCC. But it has hit like, the past, I'd say since 2017 probably, it has gotten so wildly out of control that you and I are literally going and watching shows like two years after they come out. Yeah. Like we're like, we finally got to Fleabag. We're finally getting to the boys. Like, that would never have happened five years ago, right. ever. But there's so yeah, much right good on stuff. Top of it. Yeah, yeah, we'd be yeah. the weekend of Game of Thrones style. This is a whole different beast. But I guess my point is this: if you're somebody out there who has found a good balance for ways to enjoy rewatching, or like maybe it's like a day of the month you designate to that or some shit. I need an idea because <laughs> because I've, I I miss. Like, I like watching The Sopranos on occasion. I like working in The Lord of the Rings, but it cannot be that I hit Netflix to go watch Mindhunter Season 3, and then Lord of the Rings is the second box, and then I'm fucking sucked in, and next thing I know, I'm doing a Schmeagol impression of myself in the mirror. Yeah. (laughs) That can't happen anymore. Uh, One other quick note on Netflix. You mentioned Friends. I'm sure that most, most of you listeners have seen that even though they've lost Friends, lost the office and i say lost neither of the shows are gone yet but they will be eventually they're gonna be on disney's deal right they got uh they did just snatch up seinfeld how'd you feel about that um i'm stoked dude that's great because it's the biggest biggest signing ever for them right has to be i would wager that at this point friends in the office Mm. are more valuable they're they're both a little bit newer and they both carry a little bit more weight with the generation below us. The younger generation. Yeah. Whereas like for I, sure. you know, I which you know what that was always one of the things that I preached about Seinfeld is like this was a show that was not for me. It didn't come out. It wasn't part, like I it wasn't it wasn't made for me. I'm watching it 10 years basically Removed, after yeah. it after it ended and I found it so relatable and so funny and that was like a huge feather in its cap. That's the genius of it. it, it I don't know if the the 19-year-olds out there would think the same way. Would think the same thing. I don't think so. For some reason, so, I get the feeling they wouldn't. Yeah, but but The Office certainly still rings true with them. 
And I mean, that's the way it goes with like, it's weird when you remove a couple generations from shit and then you go watch it and you're like, well, this isn't funny. Yeah. Well, I'm, what, the reason I'm okay with that is because look, like I'm on my, I think my third Netflix rewatch of The Office right now. Mm-hmm. And that's not even counting like all the episodes that I that I just like rewatched on, on cable when I when I had cable right. or the first run through when I was watching The Office on must see TV Thursdays and NBC like as they were airing. Yeah. So it's like when it goes like I'll be sad that it's not there anymore, but to have it replaced with something else is great because like I, I don't I'm not gonna it, I'm fine with like the rotation of things, you know. I also and as this it. as these streaming wars just continue to get further and further out of hand, we have Apple coming now. We have Peacock coming now. What is that? NBC Universals. Dude, this is okay. Where's the bubble? Like, it, so I think what just a, lo- I think what a lot of people are going to start doing is like rotating through these. That's what I've I've like. Been oh, doing. I, have Dude, Hulu, I, I have Hulu and Netflix this month. Next month I'm going to be on. Next month I'm going to get uh, Apple and and ESPN Plus. I typically have and Showtime. then the next month I'm going to get like Showtime, and then the next one I'll go back to Netflix. And, I typically have Showtime one month a year. Yeah. Typically, because I'm like, I, I won't watch some of the shit on Showtime. Yeah, but the, it's just so wild to me the full circle of like full binge drops, ten episodes dropped at once, and uh, uh, ten years later, hey, maybe we should scale it back and do these episodic weekly releases. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, oh, we'll do streaming services. These new independent companies will have all their own shows. Like we won't need, we don't need cable companies. We don't need commercials. This is all just going to end with us back in the exact same spot with 50 different streaming options that are the same exact thing as, quote, channels, in quote. Yeah, from, from, a, from a monetary perspective, it's going to end up being the same. It's going to be a fucking nightmare. I'm already but, spending like, dude, I don't even know. Yes, we're well, going to end up paying well, what if we you, If you keep cable as well. I have it as well. That's then, the thing. Then yes, then you are going to be shelling out. I've got cable. Ton. I've got Amazon. I've got Netflix. I've got HBO Go. I've got... I think that's it right now. Yeah. And that's too much, yeah. son. And then the, the Disney thing is a real fucking problem because they're going to have a lot of tight shit. <laughs> and I am a sucker for those fucking childhood cartoons, dude. I'll go in on all that. So that's a problem. I know I'm getting, that's getting tacked on in my monthly bill. Thank God. The, the good news, the good news is that Disney Plus has announced it $7 to start, seven ninety nine. Oh, that's nice. And then with Apple, the at, at least at least to begin, like I just went and upgraded my phone this past week. So did I. And so I'll get a year. I'll get a you get a year of the new Apple streaming service for free. Oh what? Yeah. I wonder if I got that. I don't remember seeing. No, you you will. Okay. If, if you when you buy I a did. new Apple product this year, when the service launches when that. the service launches in November, you get your first year free. Smart move for them because Apple. guess who was not going to pay for that shit? This guy. Yeah. Fuck no, Apple. And they, and and, and you, again, like. As this gets more competitive, you will see more things like this. I know, yeah. Like where it's and Apple wants the numbers. Disney yeah. Plus is going to want the numbers. Yeah, they're going to want to show the investors and the stockholders that like we just signed up eight million people in the right. first quarter, and it's like, how do they do that? The same way that Amazon did it, basically, be like, well, they already had like a hundred million people with Prime or whatever the number was. Yeah, all those people have Amazon TV. Okay, that shit was genius with Prime, though, man. It was like the main reason I was finally like, you know what, screw it. Yes. That was so genius. with Apple. It's like, oh, you bought it. You you upgraded your phone this year. Here's the Apple TV service. We Damn. get to include you in the numbers. I'm stoked on the new phone. I, when I said fuck Apple, I meant from like a like a, I don't I don't I love their products, right? Yeah, like yeah, I have yeah, an yeah. Apple TV in every room. I love my phone. I just bought the new one the week it came out because I'm in the upgrade program or whatever. I use it all day every day for my work. It's a fantastic tool. It's like the 
Dude, the fact that they really are introducing a television deal now after doing Apple Music. It's like, do y'all have to get involved in every they goddamn do. Do. space that we're trying to have fun here, man? Yeah. Just focus. <laughs> Shit. But nobody can in 2019, and that's kind of one of the problems. But yeah, man, we're in a spot. We're in a... The pickle grows larger by the day. Uh, I feel like it's becoming an actual fear of mine that I will find my deathbed not having seen like some of the great television shows that uh, aired in my uh, life. Indeed, indeed. It's a real possibility. It's what plagues us all at night. It is. Slapping pickle. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Today's episode of OCC is also brought to you by Honey. Nine times out of ten, shopping online beats going to the store. Going to the store sucks, but... I mean, because you don't have to drive anywhere. You're not dealing with pushy salespeople asking you if you need help every 10 seconds. It's just nice to shop from the comfort of your damn couch. But nine times out of 10, you're overpaying when you shop online, unless you use Honey. It's a free browser extension. You go to joinhoney.com slash dragon. You just download it, and then anytime you shop, Honey helps you save money by finding you discounts and coupon codes across the web and then applying them automatically, which is super cool. Like, I did a full grocery run on target.com. Literally, as I'm putting items into my cart, Honey is checking the entirety of the internet for all the coupon codes possible. Boom, they find the best one for you, and I saved $27. Instant savings when you're using Honey. It's incredible. Uh, Just think about how much money you could be saving if you used honey. The average honey user saves about $126 a year, which is like 25 cups of cold brew. Over 10 million people are already saving with honey. Honey has over 100,000 five-star reviews on the Google Chrome store. Time Magazine calls honey, quote, basically free money, end quote. There is literally no reason not to use honey. It's free to use. Installs on your computer in just two clicks, and it'll save you money so you can treat yourself to something nice. Get honey for free now at joinhoney.com slash dragon today. That's joinhoney, H-O-N-E-Y dot com slash dragon. Barrett, any other news notes that you wanted to drop on us? Well, I was just going to say, you know, I, I, ju- I just slipped in a, uh, a beer fest reference there for those of you that, that Did didn't you? catch it. The slap and pickle. Oh, slap and tickle. Slap, yeah, but he says when he's super wasted. Slap and tickle. He thinks he says, yes. you want a little slap and tickle? Yeah. But instead he says, like, you want a little... Slap and tickle? Yeah. Yeah. Um, By the way, I watched that every Thursday for like six months in college. Do, do you... Uh, I'm just thinking back to the the uh, when, PTI. You know how they used to... They had they had, uh, they had had Tony Reale at uh-huh. the end who would come in with all the corrections? Yeah. That was like the final few seconds of the show is he'd be like, oh, well... Actually, you know, Zach Greinke is, uh, ERA is 2.4, not 3.1 or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, he'd do all the corrections. Yeah, yeah. We need a guy in here. We need that. Just counting all of our references each episode. And then at the end, he lists everything that we referenced. And, and the ones that we blew or like the misquotes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that yeah. would be nice because it's difficult to manage all these movie quotes in your head. Because I know, because we, we were just, I was firing on all gears today. I know, I know we got Arrested Development at least twice yeah. in there. I got the beer fest. We 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 dropped an Ace Ventura one in there. We, like, it was, we, we just, you know, we do. We good, were, it was hot. It we was do hot good today. work. Yeah. We do good work. We do. We do fine work together, Barrett. It's one of the reasons I love doing this podcast so much. Um, it's funny on on RBP the other day on the Ross Boland podcast, my other show. Dan Register was my was my like guest co host for the day, and he ripped on like movie quote guy, and I was like, Dan, you fucking idiot. I am. <laughs> No one has ever been... He was like, you're a better comedian than that. He said something along those lines. And I was like, no, I'm not. 
I, I believe movie quotes to be better than like whatever original thought you could have. Well, Dan is one of our time's greatest contrarians. So that's this, is, this also, comes as no surprise. It's also very, <laughs> this was the most Dan moment ever. I was like, you fucking Dan, unbelievable. <laughs> Just shitting on movie quote people when I'm, that's like literally half of my job. Um, but yeah, that'll do it for today's episode of OCC. Huge thanks to all of you for listening. Huge thanks to our sponsors again for supporting the show. Make sure you support our sponsors to support us. Great sponsors this week. Great, great sponsors in this episode. Get those codes. Use them. Use them. And if for some reason you don't need the greatest products known to man, which are brought to you by the sponsors of this show, you can support us directly by going to patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles. Again, succession in depth. Movie Club, we did It Chapter 2. We're going to be diving into The Righteous Gemstones, Hotline Call Extravaganza for members of the Mollusk Militia. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, when you sign up on patreon.com slash oystersclamscockles today, whichever tier you join, you will gain access to all the past content in that tier as well, which is a lot of shit at this point, meaning your five bucks goes a long way. Now, you didn't get to listen to it when it dropped, like the people who have been there the whole time, but you can go listen to it late. Get in there. A lot of content for you. Follow us on social media, on Instagram, at Oysters, Clams, Cockles, on Twitter, at Clams and Cockles, on Facebook.com, slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles. As Barrett mentioned at the top of the show, we would very much appreciate it if y'all would take a little extra time and energy this week to tell any of your friends. For those of y'all who watch Succession, there are not many of us. Oddly small viewership. Shocking. It's, this is just shocking to me. I know we I know we discussed this on a, on a podcast before. Yeah. And kind of... Teased it. out some of the reasons why that might be. Yeah. Upon further review, the show is too good for any of those reasons to matter. Yes, it makes absolutely no fucking sense. It is insane. Yeah. And what I am not getting is how that is not being communicated by more people than you and I. So what we need is everybody who watches Succession and enjoys it. We know you have friends that watch it and enjoy it too. Tell them about OCC um, and get them in here this next, next week so that we can all enjoy episode seven together. So if you would, this week... Extra time, extra effort, share the show, grow the clam fam. I think we've got the best succession coverage going, available in the world. So bring it to other people. Tell your people. It's good. Tell your people about our people. You frilly clit flickers. Bring your your people to here. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat, Ross Bolin, at W-R-B-O-L-E-N, at W-R-Bolin. And as I mentioned, my other podcast, the Ross Bolin Podcast, is available all the same places as OCC. Humor, comedy, mental health, substance abuse, addiction to animals, uh, serial killer. I, we talk about whatever I want. We have great guests. I had Scarface, the Houston rap legend on earlier this week. Did you say addiction to animals? No. You have an addiction to animals on the on the Ross Bowen podcast? I do, yes. But we talk about addiction, comma, animals. Ah, ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the Ross Bowen podcast. Anyway. Barrett, where can everybody follow you and hear more of your lovely b- voice? Oh, at Barrett Dudley on Instagram and Twitter. Today on Twitter. I tweeted about Chitty Bang. Do you remember them? I saw this tweet, and yeah. it, 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 I had a little like moment of uh, yeah. nostalgic bliss. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for Indeed. that. Thank um, you for that. And then check out my other podcast, The Club Cool Pod, where we meet at the intersection of style and pop culture. It's, it's like, I'm going to make fun of us for a second. That's one of the worst sentences you can have to say as a human. Check out my other podcast. <laughs> it's it's awful. It's a terrible sentence. Yeah, yeah. But it's it is a necessary one in the case of Barry and I. And we hope that y'all uh, for all y'all who love and have supported OCC over the years. We just have such diverse interests. That's you know? very we've got a lot true. to talk about and and, uh, and need different places to do it. Exactly, exactly. We need these we need these different places to do it. So we hope y'all would support Club Cool and the Ross Bolin podcast as well. Thank y'all so much. That will do it. Adios muchachos. Mm-hmm.